Hey, everybody. Welcome to Quizlet, the weekly show where we chat with upcoming Quizotron panelists. I, of course, am your host, Rebecca Watson, and I'm joined by my resident comedian, Keith L. Jensen. Hey, Keith. Hello. Thanks for being here for once. So glad to be here. <laughs> uh, today, we are chatting with a good friend and one of my favorite science communicators. He started D News. He makes awesome YouTube videos. He travels to cool places like the Arctic and the Large Hadron Collider to talk about science. It's Trace Dominguez. Hey, Hello. Trace. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Those were nice things to say. Thank you. I well, they're all, all true. You are one of my all-time favorite people in general, and science communicators. You're very good at it. Oh, thanks. That's so nice. I, you know, it's really fun to do. I did get to go to the Arctic. It wasn't as cold as I expected. Oh, yeah. it, that's a little, that sounds disappointing. Getting it warmer was, all the time. It was, it was spring. Also, yeah, global warming is something that you can't not think about when you're in the Arctic, but um, it was lovely. How warm does it get in the Arctic? I don't know. Like, I couldn't tell you the exact, like, warmth, but I was wearing flip-flops in spring in about 800 miles from the North Pole, so I feel like it gets warm enough that you can feel okay about it. So when yeah, you, you should... are billed as a science communicator, does it set you up for things like that, where people are like, tell me exactly how cold it gets in the Arctic? Come on, <laughs> quick, quick. Yeah, there's definitely, I, I can't go to a party and and people find out what I do and then they start asking me all sorts of questions. And I just make mental notes to make short videos about them. <laughs> but, right, they're yeah. just giving you content. Yeah, exactly. Point. But there's definitely that it does set you up for, I would say set you up for failure because nobody, because I'm not Google, you know? You excuse yourself to go to the bathroom and then I just Google all Google the answers. It. Yeah, right, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. Next week, he'll have a video about how cold it is in the Arctic, though. <laughs> Someone asked me recently. <laughs> it was me. So how did you get into the science communication game? Um, well, I started working at a museum when I was in college, uh, firing a cannon and rifles and playing the fife. And I know that doesn't sound very sciencey, but <laughs> but it was a it was a historical museum where we talked about um, the fur trade, and it was in Michigan uh, called Mackinac State Historic Parks. And so uh, that really got me interested in museum programs and living history and kind of different ways to teach people cool stuff. Can I say cool shit? Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, you're me? allowed to curse. Oh, cool. Cool curse shit. <clears throat> awesome. And then after I did that for a while uh, throughout college, I, I didn't really realize what it that I loved it as much as I did until I went and got a regular job and said, Oh, this really sucks. Um, so I went and got a master's degree in communication and got an internship with the discovery channel and was able to kind of, um, finagle my way into digital media at discovery. And when they said, would you be interested in doing videos to teach people about science? I said, no way that is scary. And <laughs> I don't know anything about making videos. And they said, too bad. Do it anyway. And I said, great. And then I've been doing it ever since. I love how easy you made that sound for those of us who hate our jobs. You were like, I got a regular job and that wasn't any fun. So, you know, I went and grabbed one of those master's degrees, just <laughs> one from the lobby out of the little quarter machine. Right. Yeah. It was like a vending machine for master's degrees. No it was definitely, it was really easy. God, why did I think of that? I hate my day job. It's funny that you actually got a master's in communication and then ended up doing what you do because... Uh, I I used to be a copywriter for a construction company of all things that was very well funded. And they had this program where you could go back to school while still working. Uh, they would give you time off and they would pay for it. 
And when I first started working there, you know, they, the registration for that was coming up and they were like, does anybody want to get in on this? And I was like, are you kidding? I can go back to school and get a master's and you guys pay for it. And they're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I'll do it. And then they go, oh, well, it has to be related to your job in some way. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh never mind. <laughs> I guess I could have done a communications one, but I just, yeah, I wanted to go back for like physics or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, where I work, they, uh, they taught me how to drive a forklift. That's oh, cool. I, I just wanted yeah, to fit something. in, you guys. I just wanted to fit in here. <laughs> did they call it a high-low or did they call it a forklift or are those different? Oh, you, you even beat me at forklift knowledge. I, I have no idea. Oh, no. You don't even know? <laughs> no, it's just Quick a big guy it. was like, don't do this. And I was like, all right, I'll never do that. And that, that was it. They gave me a hat and I got to drive the forklift. Was it run people over? I feel like that should be the first rule of forklifts. Um, <laughs> no, that, the, the, we're insured. That's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't like, damage don't, the merchandise. <laughs> don't put all of your friends in a kiddie pool and then try to lift it up. No, that's okay, too. You've seen that video? Uh-huh. No, oh. but I want to make that video. <laughs> we know what we're doing this weekend. Yeah, you want to get in on this, Trace? This could be your next video. I would, love to, I would love to learn more forklifting. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Also, uh, I just Googled it, and a high-low is a regional term for a forklift. So, Oh, what I guess region? What region? I, I assume Michigan, because that's where I'd heard it. Yeah, so I've thanks, heard thanks Midwest. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because if you if Google can... it, you hit the Detroit Training Center and it oh, talks about the high level. Let's see if I can get it to catch on here, though, you know, within the forklift community. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Your forklifter? For- yes. Forklifter? I don't know what that would be. Me Speaking neither. of your Michigan days, I, it occurs to me that there's an alternate universe somewhere where you got to your your real job and you're like, screw this, this is boring. I'm going back to the Fife. Yeah, there might be. Professional fife player. I still have my fife. I have one. I bought I bought one when I worked there to practice in the off season because it was just a seasonal job and it's somewhere in the house. Of and you can still play it? Oh yeah, I can still play it. I, I know what a fife is, of course. But for those listening who may not know, those silly <laughs> ignorant people, would you please explain what a fife is? Um do you want the historical museum interpretation yes. example? Or you're, okay. Yeah, so, give us the full month here. Okay, let's see if I can remember. The fife was used by the Swiss Army, I believe, in the 1300s, as early as the 1300s, as a military so signal. It's a Swiss Army fife. It's a Swiss Army fife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed too hard at that. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty good. Um, I can't believe I've been playing the fife for 10 years and i never thought of that you never use that (laughs) oh god but uh it was used as a signaling instrument because it's really loud so before radios and things they could play the fife and they could play different tones and songs um like like not necessarily songs to signal things but uh to tell people hey the, the you know they're coming from this direction or hey it's time to eat or whatever the bagpipe was also used for that and then famously in the american army the bugle was used for that so so what why did you have a fife in michigan um the time we were we were interpreting uh at the museum was the 1880s and in the 1880s they were using the bugle for signaling but they were using fifes for things like marching and other kind of ceremonial stuff so we had fifes to demonstrate yeah but we we were more just doing it for fun um, we also had fiddles, penny whistles, bagpipes, bugles, drums, all sorts of like 
uh, casual instruments that were being used by the people who lived there at the time because there were no radios. Not everybody could read complicated literature. So it was much easier to sit around and play music and entertain each other. So a lot of harmonicas and things. For the bonus point, did Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest play the Fife? Gosh, I'm I don't, I'm going to not get this bonus point. Do you yeah, mean maybe. at at his museum or in general? <laughs> <laughs> I meant in general, oh. and, and and I don't know the answer. So you could have just guessed, and you would have gotten the point. Way to not take a chance. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean you're going to need to be better than that when Quiz- Quizzatron rolls around. Just so you know, this is me intimidating him in advance. <laughs> is it working? Wow, I did it. Is this Quizzatron smack talk? Is this- <laughs> I mean, now that we're monthly, it's pretty serious. And Keith has never won despite being in every single show. Not so. a single time. Wow. I mean, He's usually in last place. I just oh, know there's even- a lot of drinking involved. I, I don't. I'm the only person there that doesn't drink also, which just adds. Right. He's the only sober one. <laughs> and he, wow. Yeah. And in fact, uh, in our last show, he was beaten by someone who wasn't just drinking, but was also high as a kite. So fun. Fair, everybody was beat by him. He he beat a doctor. That's, that's true. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. yeah, Jen Gunter was on and she was furious about it. <laughs> she got really salty. She got beat by the guy from the reality TV show about cooking with weed. Is the, yeah. the demeaning <laughs> You know, there are stereotypes that people who smoke a lot of weed are usually quite intelligent. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, so let's get back to your videos. Oh, sure. Arctic was a little, uh, disappointing weather wise. What's beautiful. Okay. (laughs) Did you see a polar bear? We didn't see any polar bears, but so we went to a place called Svalbard. It's an archipelago. Uh, it's run by Norway and you can fly there just a commercial flight. You could book it on kayak. You know, you, you, it's, um, they have a flight every day to and front, like in and out. Um, but it's just this little teeny Norwegian town, but to leave the town, um, without a guide or whatever, you need a high powered rifle and you have to have a license to carry one. But the reason being, if you run into a polar bear while you're not in town, you should be able to shoot it. And I applied for the permit, but didn't have enough time, but it was, um, really an interesting and beautiful place to be. It's really tiny and just sits like at the foot of a glacier, but it was springtime. So the polar bears weren't really around and we didn't get to go on a boat and go to where they would have been, which is too bad. Um, But we did see a lot of, we saw an Arctic Fox and we saw um, lots of just beautiful nature in general, like glaciers and mountains and things, but not a lot of wildlife. Yeah. What's your favorite place that you've gone for a video. I think that's the most incredible place that I've gone. Yeah. Um, like most fantastic. I really loved going to CERN, the Center for European Nuclear Research, just because it was such a it's such a center of kind of science on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like the, it's the Large Hadron Collider is there, but there's also a lot of other research stations located in Geneva there, um, and it's just it everyone was smart and excited and interesting. And I had a really fun time and it was tacked on to the end of the Arctic trip. So we'd been in the Arctic for 10 days and on the way back, we're like, well, let's just swing through France and, and Switzerland and That's say hello. Awesome. It was, it was insane. Um, we were all really by. tired. If, if that it was just swing by my swing, it was by really like Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. 
I kind of wish there was a Taco Bell. I wonder what it would be like in Switzerland. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think of a joke to follow that up, and I've got nothing. So yeah, uh, Swiss Taco does sound like kind of a sex act or something. It does. It does. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. I don't know what it would be. I think but... because of the word taco, it immediately makes it into a sex thing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what's your favorite video that you've ever done? Uh, the favorite video I've ever done. Let's see. Well, I made thousands of videos. Yeah. Um, so I it's think like that... pick your favorite child out of your right. thousands of children. Out of my thousands of children. Yes. Chinggis Khan, please pick your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't... Uh, I really liked a video we made um, a while back now about parallel dimensions only because it was really hard to make. So I'd watched this thing in the early 2000s and early internet animation from a Canadian guy. And he talked about how there were so many different dimensions. There wasn't just like three or four or five, you know, there's it's like a dozen essentially. Mm. And he explained it in this really compelling way. Um, so I wanted to kind of look into doing that on the, in the YouTube space area, like in the YouTube sphere and uh, I had talked to our animator, and we worked through this whole thing over a period of a couple of weeks. And we built this really incredible video that explained, okay, the first dimension's just kind of a point, and then two dimensions is a line, and three dimensions, you add a second line, so you get kind of three-dimensionality, and then the fourth dimension is time, and the fifth dimension is this and this. Um, and people really liked it. And the animator, when she was working on it, was like, this is freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was just, it was fun to make for me. And it was also really fun to put out and see how people dealt with it. Yeah. Um, my favorite part is that it's wrong in a lot of, like, there's not a, there's, there are some things that are incorrect, but the only people who are saying that are people who are like, well, this is a theory, not, this isn't, you're saying it as if it's real, but in reality, all this is a theory. So it could be wrong in this way or that way or this way. And it was all these physics PhDs and physics like master students. Right. So I started talking to them in the comments and trying to learn more. So it was fun for me, even though it's not, it's, and we put that into the video as well, that like, this is just one way of thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but all these physics students were, were excited to kind of debunk us, which I was really into. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's high quality heckling. Yeah. For better. Right? I was really excited. <laughs> that is the best thing about having a smart audience is that, yeah, you put something out there and if it's wrong, you get to learn something. And if it's right, you get to feel really good about yourself that, you know, PhDs watched it and were like, yeah, okay, I'll let I'd it go. Still, I'd still like to imagine that they were drunk and surly, though. Like, <laughs> this is bullshit. You don't know what you're talking about. I've been around drunk physicists. It is a lot like that. Good, good. <laughs> That pleases me, actually. They're just like us. <laughs> so you've you've been making videos for D News, which became Seeker uh, mm -hmm. a few years back, I think, right? Yeah, like two years ago. Yeah. And so, you, in total, how long were you there? Like, I started D News in 2012. Yeah, okay. and I uh, and now my. This has been my first week uh, as a freelancer, actually. So, yeah, you, you left Seeker. Uh, can I ask why? Like, what happened? People love your videos. They love my videos, and I love that they love them. Um, but I wanted to kind of make them for myself. I felt like after making them for first the Discovery Channel and then for Group 9 slash Seeker um, for 
six years, I thought, well, I've learned a lot and I would like to try this on my own and see if I can build a community of people who are nerdy like me and want to, uh, you know, understand the world and the universe and want to get argued with in the comments and want to have like a fun discussion about the world around us and the universe outside of it. So it's figuring that out myself. And it's, it's kind of a challenge, a new challenge for me since I've been doing this for so long now with the company. Um, you know, I wrote a thousand videos for them and, um, I, I, like I just said a a minute ago, I love them all kind of equally in a lot of ways. So it'll be fun to try my hand at my own, my own thing. How, how are your videos going to change to the audience? Um, to the audience, I think they'll seem familiar, I hope. Um, but it'll be at my house. I'll be editing them all myself. I'll be, you know, I'm building a set here at home. Um, to try and just, I think the main thing is to create a community of people that like this stuff. Um, I think, and this is maybe not a criticism. I think it's an inevitability of a lot of the large channels like D news and seeker is after a while, it becomes less about the people who are watching and more about the people who are creating. Mm. You can say that about a lot of YouTube creators. Yeah. It's more Um, of a one-sided conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this kind of principle that I really took to heart is don't talk at your audience, talk with your audience. So that's what I'm hoping to accomplish with my videos at home is kind of return to talking with our audience, which I think as D News and Seeker grew, it sort of stopped doing. We sort of just started talking at them Um, because you kind of have to, when there's three and a half million people in the room, it's hard to, it's hard to talk with everyone. That's hard to have a conversation. Right. Yeah. So I'm hoping that with my videos, I'll be able to kind of, I have this question, let's look into it. And then maybe people will submit other questions and we can have this conversation and, and, and pull this, this, um, this learning out of the, out of the internet and out of the scientists around us. Also, now that you're on your own, you're free to have more nudity in the videos. <laughs> I've had a lot of nudity in my <laughs> videos. There've been a few. There've been a few. I've been topless a number of times. I won't say whether I was bottomless. I don't think our studio crew would. <laughs> Although I have actually, there, I did fly in an F-18 once for uh, a video, which was crazy. And I threw up definitely 100% multiple times. It was great. <laughs> like in the F-18? Um, in the F-18. Yeah. While we were in the air. Uh, they how, gave us what is a bag. So I, yeah. Were you uh, well, naked at the time? <laughs> I was naked in an F-18. Why? Uh, I wasn't. For someone out there, this is their very specific fetish. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Googling it Uh, to see what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before the video, or before we flew, I was checked out by the flight doctor. So I had to get essentially nude so Ah. he could check me for hernias and all sorts of other things. And our cameraman was right there. So he was just like, Shooting away, just gobbling it up. Yeah, yeah. That way, if you give, run for president someday, he'll he'll get some money for that. Yeah, I'll have to give him some hush money because I guess that's a thing now. Speaking of presidents, you had a president on D News. We did. We got really lucky. That was exciting. Um, yeah, a, a sitting president on a YouTube show. I bet so I could weird. Guess which one? Yeah, it wasn't uh, this one. <laughs> it wasn't the current one. No. Um, yeah, President Obama actually, uh, was, we had a show called D News on Sci, which was a science channel kind of spinoff of the YouTube show. And it was a 30 second to one minute show every 
every hour throughout the day. And it just repeated the same episode through the commercial breaks. Um, and it was some science update. And through that, I guess the White House was really into working with us to, to make some short episodes that would air on the Science Channel and that we would also put on the YouTube channel. So he did five episodes during the White House Science Week, and I did not get to meet him or talk to him oh. or interact with him at all, which was really <laughs> disappointing. However, uh, it was cool to get to like write scripts that then the president would read because we wrote the science-y parts of, and then they, we gave them the scripts and they kind of made them White Housey. So That's have you cool. reached was- out to, to Donald Trump? He, he might be game. You know what? I don't know if we have. I think Dinu's on Sai ended up uh, getting sunset after the, the Obama administration, but not because of that. I think it was just eventually they decided they didn't want to, make 30 second episodes anymore. So you sure um, wasn't not related. Yeah, they might've been, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't speak to why they did it, but I would, I think the Trump administration and his space force could have some really fun science communication implications. There you go. Well, what do you think of space force? Cause they've just, just today, I haven't actually read the articles yet, but I saw Pence is talking about, actually implementing it by 2020 so it's moving yeah forward. that's what they keep saying i mean the air force already does a space operations yeah. they're already in charge of it so when trump originally announced it and i don't know if, if you guys know this more specifically than i do but he said that he wants to make a, a an equal branch of the u.s military that is a space-based branch and it's like, that's a lot. That's huge. That's a lot of right. budget yeah. commitment to make an equal branch to the Air Force, the the Navy, the Marines and the Army that is only in space. Right. <laughs> and we, then on top of that, we don't have a lot of enemies up there. So it's like, right. Kind of yeah. Hard to justify. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was watching the news today and, and they had a military former rear admiral or general or somebody who was talking about how there are reasons to have a space-based military branch, but then they were very quick, not the general, but the news was very quick to say, but the president has no authority to do this alone. Congress would have to approve any advance of like military spending in this way. And also splitting the military out of the air force and a number of other branches that take care of the space-based function now. So who knows if it's actually going to happen, but it sure does make for fun conversation in PR, right? No, it's wonderfully distracting. Right. Yeah. What Russians? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Haven't you heard about the space? Ugh, yeah. Ugh. So uh, tell people where that, where they can find you now. So like, is your YouTube channel set up? Do you have a Patreon going? I do have a Patreon going and I do have a YouTube channel set up. Um, there's not a lot of new content on there. I'm, the last video that was uploaded was only like two months ago, three months ago. Um, it's about parabens and what they are. Cause I was showering and was like, what the hell is this paraben free stuff? And why do I care what a paraben is? Okay. Wait, let's uh, talk about that real quick. What's a paraben? Yeah. <laughs> a paraben is a preservative that was discovered in the early 20th century. Uh, and they started putting it in all sorts of stuff because they realized that our body didn't process it. So they could put it in things. Think of like a jam that you put into, uh, you know, your refrigerator or in onto your shelf without a preservative bacteria would grow in it. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, so they put the preservative in there. It's not processed by the human body. And in that way, they can keep bacteria from growing in there. Right. They also put other stuff in there that does this. But when you get a paraben-free shampoo, it has no paraben, but it has a different preservative, um, which is likely newer. So in the video, you can watch it to get the full details. But um, Oh, that's smart. In the video. Driving traffic to your video. I'm doing my best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the video, I talk a little bit about how this paraben free is more of a marketing thing. There are people who have paraben allergies, but it's a pretty low percentage of the population. Um, but imagine having a bottle of shampoo, you know, a family sized Costco sized bottle in your shower, a warm, wet place for a year. Yeah. How much bacteria and how much disgusting stuff could be growing in that without preservatives in it? So it's something that I think a lot of people don't think about, which is one of my favorite things to do in a video is point out how if you're not thinking about it, that doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Reality so you can find the videos. Going. Um, yeah. Paraben you can find my videos on YouTube. <laughs> we keep stepping on what was that? No, that's fine. I was just going to say, I mean, do you, do you see this paraben-free thing growing then? Is this the next gluten-free Oh, man, I don't know. I was reading a lot about it, and paraben-free stuff is now kind of everywhere, but it's more of a, a marketing thing than anything else because it's – I had a section in the video that I cut out that was like, you know that marketers are also on Instagram, right? So when you say paraben-free, they go, oh, I can make money off of this, and I'll charge you more. Right. Um, but I cut a section out because it felt more like editorializing than anything else. But anytime yeah. you can have less ingredients and charge more for it, that's delightful. And, Isn't it and have it go bad quicker also. I was about to say, yeah, make people keep rebuying it. So right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm thinking, now I want to check all of my shampoo stuff to see if it's moldy or something. It never, like, can soap go bad? I, it doesn't seem like it should be able to. It should be easy to clean. It <laughs> <laughs> Is it like cheese? You just, like, slice off right. the bad parts and keep, and keep going? Yeah, I would assume so. I don't know. God, I don't I'm know either. I'm a big bowl of paraben now. Mm. delicious so preserved tell tell the good people give them a url to go to to support you. sure um youtube.com slash trace dominguez d-o-m-i-n-g-u-e-z um cool. i'm also patreon uh same trace dominguez twitter trace dominguez i have all of the trace dominguez's this is well done uh, i feel bad for other lesser trace dominguez's <laughs> Yeah, there's not there's not another one of me, so that helps. Yeah. Uh, there are a few other traces though, which is kind of fun. Mm. I friended a, I went through a, a, a night where I was maybe a little intoxicated and just started friending other traces on Facebook just to see what happened. Nice. And did you make any friends for life? Well, we're still friends on Facebook, but no, I don't think we ever spoke. Oh, that's how Facebook works, right? I've got oh, well. I've got quite a few Keith Jensen's I'm friends with. On, really? really? I, I did the same thing. Yeah, I just went crazy and added all the Keith Jensen's I could find. I, I didn't find another Lowell Keith Lowell Jensen, but I did find quite a few Keith Jensen's and a couple of Lowell Jensen's, and so we're buddies. Yeah. Do you have like a Facebook group where you guys talk about you know, you know problems that you guys face I did. at Starbucks? I, I and... set up a Facebook group and then just none of us ever used it once. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is, you know, I think what happens with an awful lot of Facebook groups. That's their. Destiny. I think so. 
Yeah, I, I've never sought out any other Rebecca Watsons, but I did uh, have a boyfriend once who I broke up with and he sent a long tear-filled email to another Rebecca Watson. Like he got my email address wrong, like a Re- Rebecca Watson at Gmail or something. And she figured out that it was for me and forwarded it to me. Nice. <laughs> so that was what? extremely embarrassing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> One big yeah. advantage to being so Google searchable. <laughs> yeah, Googleable. Googleable, fun word. That is a fun word. Well, I just went to Facebook and I'm looking up. You're you're the top result for me, obviously, since we are friends. But uh, there seem to be quite a few Rebecca Watson. Well, come on, Rebecca, get on this. There's a lot of them. What am I supposed doing? to do? Kill them? No, friend them all what? first, and then you oh, kill if them. you kill them, then you get their power, right? This is yeah. There could be only one. I'll be the Rebecca-iest Rebecca Watson who ever lived. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the Rebecca Watsons are doing uh, MySpace like selfie for their profiles. Mm-hmm. This one's got a neon a neon sign. Okay, um, Rebecca Watsons sound kind of lame. No offense. I, I they do seem to have a high percentage of self employed, so maybe that's you know you should look into that. You've, <laughs> you've reminded me that I did. Uh, I got a Google alert once from another Rebecca Watson. Um, it was a Rebecca who got married to a Watson and then started a lifestyle blog about being a good Christian wife. <laughs> was that you? It was. Or did me. you? You're deciding by yourself. It was me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little side job. <laughs> that's my my side hustle. <laughs> Honestly, I would read that blog. Yeah. All right. I'll get right if, on it. If, if you wrote it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would make a very good Christian wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've all thought it, but how many yeah. of us have gone out and done it? Just me. <laughs> uh, so our next Quizotron is happening September 6th at Piano Fight in San Francisco. Ticketing info is going to be going up soon on Eventbrite. Uh, Trace, are you ready to bring your A game? How much alcohol am I expected to be consuming here? Uh, I would say, you know, we like to be responsible. So like a shot every 10 minutes or so. Perfect. And what about... I think I will be bringing my A game then. Do you have any snack requests you'd like to get in ahead of time? (laughs) I will bring snacks. I always bring snacks. I've been really into cherries. It's cherry season. So I've just been eating a lot of... Oh, I have a bag of them in my fridge. If they have enough parabens in them, I'll bring them... (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Just sprinkle them with some paraben dust. I'm just yeah. thinking him and Rebecca have very different ideas of what constitutes a snack. Yeah, Rebecca that's not a snack, A bag of Doritos and goes, here, craft service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I had a bag of Doritos, I would eat Excuse that. Excuse me, too, I but... brought two bags of Doritos yeah. last <laughs> time. She brought me the vegan Doritos this time. I was There's a vegan touched. one. There's vegan Doritos? Yeah, the pepper, baby. Sp- yeah, sweet chili pepper, yeah. They're good. Wow. Yeah. What's your Dorito of choice? This is, I think... A, a dividing you know we're looking at yankees red Sox type right. stuff here with with your doritos of choice because i mean my go-to like a, is is a cooler ranch but they don't do yeah, cooler that's... ranch anymore they went back to cool ranch and i want them to bring back cooler See, if not coolest and last month and Gallo had very harsh things to say about ranch in general much less ranch flavored doritos but you weren't in that's the room true. i yeah. mean that's different though it could ranch been, dressing is very different from Cool Ranch. No, but he was he was holding the bag of ranch Doritos as he said it. He was disgusted that oh. they were even present. Oh. I had no idea <laughs> wow. I had offended him so much. <laughs> he almost walked out. <laughs> and then he's like, you know um, what I'll do to show her? I'm gonna go up there and win it. That's what I'll do. And he did. You don't um 
do your your craft research or is that what this is this is craft this research, is the research right yeah we Got haven't it. done it prior is uh, there a snack that would offend you into winning mm, vegan doritos i think <laughs> <laughs> You know, the person I, I if I'm going to eat Doritos, I just want all of them. I just want all of them. The person I have replacing me this month is also a vegan, just so you know, Rebecca. Uh, he's not a vegan, actually. So <gasps> his Who? wife is a vegan. Matt? Oh, you mean you mean Matt. Oh, okay. Yeah, Matt's standing in for me this month, and he is he's quite vegan. Right. I thought you meant uh, Justin we Robert Young. Who's that also name. We do not. <laughs> Oh, oh my! Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. But Keith and Justin have a, they have a, a, a beef? like a feud. Yeah, a beat. Yeah. Ooh, a beat. I like that. Are there feuds within the science communicator or just the, the physics community that you're a part of, Trace? Do you have any good feuds going on? My attempt at wrapping the show up has gone severely off the rails. I know, I know, and I'm really enjoying it. Really it really has, but I'm really enjoying it. I actually know that there are feuds in the SciComm community, but I'm not going to speak to who's in feuding with who. Or else yeah, you don't want to get in. shot. <laughs> right. I don't want, like, just, you know, don't, don't, if, you know, you have the, the colored bandanas, yeah. just, you know. There, there, there are signs. There are signs out Can there. Can you tell us subject at least? Like, like, what sort of things do people feud over within the? Well, within the science community, I can tell you, uh, physicists who are experimentalists versus theorists oh, often um, fight. Those theorists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the experimentalists. Uh, I interviewed this guy who worked at the National Ignition Facility in Livermore, um, east of San Francisco, and he it's a fusion facility and the guy was like oh i love when these theorists come in and they have all these theories and i'm like nature says no (laughs) and i was like wow this guy's an asshole and what a great interview i love love someone bullying someone else by going oh hmm, looks like your little theory's wrong yeah he they love it they love doing that Physicists in general, I've heard, uh, look down on every other field as being less pure than them, except for mathematics. And mathematicians look down on everyone <laughs> because they are the purest of pure. So that I would believe, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm wrapping it Why up. Why don't we wrap uh, this up, Rebecca? Thanks, Keith. Thanks. <laughs> uh, you guys can get more of this stuff out. Uh, later on September 6th, 7 p.m., Piano Fight. Uh, Trace, we'll see you there. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks. Thank you. I'm excited. All right. I'm going to win. Bye. Bye-bye.